Hey, everybody. Welcome to A Resilient Conversation with Scott and PJ. We have got a great live stream for you tonight. Make sure you let your friends know, let everybody know we're on. This is a different time than usual, so we'll right. see how everybody likes that. Yeah, 7 o'clock. I mean, this is at night now. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> we'll see. I, bed. But uh, we're hoping to try it, and you guys let us know. Let us know if you like it better now or you like it better earlier in the day. And uh, if we need to, we'll switch it around from time to time. We also want to welcome all of you who are brand new. We have picked up several new uh, followers on our page, and so we want to welcome you. And uh, for that reason, we want to introduce ourselves real quickly. Maybe some of you who have been watching for a while don't even know really who we are or why we're together. Um, uh, my name is Pastor Joshua, or PJ, and uh I'm a pastor in West Michigan at a, a fairly small church, I would say. We're a small town, one stoplight, and we have somewhere around a, 100 people in our church on Sunday morning, so we are not a huge church at all. Um, and Scott happens to be my Iwana missionary, so that's, right. that's yeah. how we met. And uh, one of the things the Lord has laid on our heart is a, a culture of biblical disciple-making in our church. And so for the last six years, uh, really probably about five years, we have been heavily leaning into that, and it has really changed the way we think about church. It's changed the way we interact. It has made us much uh, greater evangelists. It's just changed everything about our culture. So it was only natural when Scott got the Resilient book to think of me. That's right. Handed it to you, because it was what a just a great connection we had on that topic of discipleship. Yeah, we, right? we seemed to talk about that often when we were getting together, oh, yeah, so absolutely. then you gave me that. And uh, I watched, I read it during our shutdown. Okay. Shut yeah. down and read it. I read it in a day, by the way. And I've said this before. If you're not a fast reader, I'm not a fast reader. It is really a, an easy read. But now we're going back through and there's plenty to digest. It's, it's one I would say you read two, three times. Oh, yeah. Because there's a lot there. Yeah. Yeah. It's an easy read. And, and it, it just kind of flows in a natural conversation, right? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So it really struck home with me. And then Scott and I found ourselves coming back to that conversation often. And uh, so that's how this started. Yeah. So Scott, tell them about yourself. Yeah, certainly. So Scott Connor, Awana missionary here in northern Michigan, as well as a field director with Awana and uh, just serve about 85 churches. You're, you're one of our churches and uh, love to connect with the pastors, ministry leaders, uh, like Pastor Joshua, and uh, it's just a, a privilege to be able to serve in the, the ministry of Iwana and uh, just see what God is doing. It's just incredible work, you know, uh, reaching kids with the gospel and making resilient child disciples that we're, we're going to talk about today. Well, uh, we want to just go through real quick where you can find us. Um, this didn't start just because uh, Scott and I decided to start this. This started really yeah. partly because uh, one of the things the Lord laid on my heart uh, about a year ago now was uh, the opportunities that are out there through uh, through electronic ministries. Yeah. And in fact, we talked about that a couple of broadcasts yeah, ago. Yeah. 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 About the importance of being where the people are. So the Lord laid that on my heart. I started a YouTube channel. It is growing a little bit. Uh, I would love it if you guys are brand new. If you enjoy our content, there's more stuff from us on there. Scott's a regular guest of mine. And then I share videos every week just coming from a pastor's heart, a pastor's perspective. So if you would uh, subscribe. Also, I'm live streaming there. That's a great place to find this and a great way to share these videos. So all of our videos are there as well. So that's one of the places you can find us. You can find Scott also at Awana Northern Michigan. Tell him a little bit about your 
Yeah, it's a Facebook group page. Um, it's a private page, so you have to, you know, uh, invite yourself. But and most likely, I'll accept you. You know, <laughs> uh, but uh, we're a great place to connect and to hear what uh, is going on in the field with Awana, what we're doing in the ministry with Awana, and then uh, just we we always throw events, things that Awana are putting on, and just ways to connect to to further. Uh, this ministry and help pastors, ministry leaders to uh, be successful at uh, making resilient, resilient child disciples. So. And then the other place you can find us, many of you are watching us right here on A Resilient Conversation with Scott and PJ, but some of you are watching over on my YouTube channel. Uh, but we want to make sure everybody ends up landing here on the Facebook page. It's a public page. You can find it. Hit like. Here's the importance of this. As we continue this conversation, tonight we're going to have a conversation with Valerie Bell. Yeah. We're excited about that, yeah, by are. the way. <laughs> Super excited about that. And, and we, we, we try to broadcast. We try to live stream at least once a month. And we're hoping maybe we can, can up that a little bit for you. But what we want you to do is come here, and we want you to be a part of the conversation. You'll find out tonight that, that we very much want you to be a part of the conversation tonight, but then through the month. We, how how we about we start you. that now by asking people to, in the comments uh, section, or to, to post where they're coming from. Yeah, where like, are you watching we'd from? We'd like to, like to we'd see like to where see you're coming that. from and to, to engage with you, because this isn't just us talking. You know, uh, We are going to engage with you all along our way uh, t- tonight. It's a journey that we're all taking together yes. uh, through this book, Resilient, and so we are inviting you on that journey. Yeah, and to help us with that, we have another special guest. You won't yeah. hear from him, though you you <laughs> did. I think he was part of our very first live stream. I think so. Um, but we have a special guest who is going to be in the comments. So he's commenting kind of for us. He's helping yes. us out. You'll see Trapper Grover. He's one of my ministry team members here in this ministry here in Iwana. And he'll be engaging with you uh, on the comment section. So feel free to connect there. Thank you, Trapper, for doing that for us. Uh, yeah, <laughs> he says hi all. That's great. So uh, he's going to be uh, engaging and connecting uh, throughout our time. Hey, one thing we're going to do. So stick with us because we're going to be giving away a, a free resilient book at the end of our conversation. All right, we're going to yes, do that. Yeah, definitely. The- and so uh, just a, a great uh, opportunity to pick that book up uh, for free. And so uh, stick around. We have got people from all over, Scott. This is really encouraging. This is exciting. Welcome. Um, so let's jump right into it. Why don't we? There is no sense uh, continuing to uh, to push belabor this, off. this at all, right? right? I mean, this we're we're excited. You know, I was talking Valerie. Oh, Valerie Bell, here she is. Look at her. All right, Hi. welcome. Yeah, I am so happy to be here. I I just wish I had gotten the dress memo and I would have worn my neighbor's <laughs> disciples T-shirt. Oh well, we love we love the lep- we love what you're wearing. That's great. Oh, that's you know. funny. Yeah. We are so thankful for the time, uh, Valerie, that you're spending with us today, and we just look forward to this conversation. Uh, what a privilege and what an honor yeah. to have Awana CEO uh, with us and co-author of Resilient. So I know, Valerie, you, you wrote the first several chapters, right? Yes, I did. And then um, I kind of uh, pooped out. <laughs> I gave it to Matt Markins and the other guys and said, here, finish this. Finish course, this. Will you? <laughs> it was, uh, you know, it's so interesting because we did work on it together conceptually and idea wise. I, I started out by writing a book that I thought was called Future Proofed. <laughs> oh, and um, yeah, yeah right. that was a good title. The guys <laughs> didn't like it. And so I changed it and I ended up writing a book called Resilient with them. Yes, yes. yes. It was a great process and um, I love it now when we go out to speak. 
uh, if I'm with Matt, he can start a sentence and I can finish it, you know, <laughs> work so so closely yeah. together on it. Um, so it was really, uh, I, I say that this was a love letter to the church. Mm, this mm. was a love letter to the church of 2050. That's right. And, mm. uh, so it, we put our hearts into it. it it's not a, a, just a technical book that's um, full of figures and stats. We it, It's in there, but they're there for a reason. And, right. uh, you know, this sense that we can call the church. I, I have a, a dream. Uh, we all have it, I think, now. And that is that from the children's wing of the church, a great revival could uh, sweep across the church and across this nation, across the world, and Amen. raise up the greatest generation of disciples. I, I know when I say that, people think, oh, that's hyperbole. <laughs> <laughs> like, sure, sure. But I realized during COVID when everybody all around the world from Bangladesh to Africa to the States to Canada to South America took to the Internet to teach mm. kids that we have this potentially connected mm. community that can uh, focus on raising up a different kind of disciple for the years ahead. Right. And we so need that, right? Yeah. You know, um, we'll love to just kind of take a second here and kind of rewind just a little bit before yeah. we dive into chapter two. And if, Val, if it's okay, I, and I feel really weird doing this because you wrote the book, but I want to really, again, this is a journey and there are listeners with us that are new. Right. So we really yep. want to pull them in. And, and uh, so I'm just going to give a little bit of an overview of where we've come. Uh, just take a second and do that. You know, uh, this book, Resilient, uh, written at the beginning, Valerie does, I love that letter that you're talking about mm, yeah. uh, from the, the leader's perspective to the child. And the, the question that this book really portrays for, for, for us to really consider and to ponder, are we doing enough? And that's what nailed me, yeah. right? That's when, when you gave me the book and, and Valerie, I've said this to Scott a lot of times is what I talk to people about being a disciple making, uh, having a disciple making culture. I always get people say, Oh, here's a book. Here's a book. And uh, thankfully I like this guy. So I read the book and, uh, but, but literally as soon as I read that, I was in, I was like, Oh, I've got to, I have to finish this book. And right. uh, that just really gripped me. Also, I have a seven year old, a four, mm, a five year old and a three year old and man, and, and 2050, where yeah. are they going to be? Yeah. So, and yeah. So, so that question asked at the beginning, you know, are we doing enough? Are the things we are doing today going to stick in the lives of these kids when they're adults? Is it going to have a right. lasting impact? Mm -hmm. And so 2050 is really proposed and uh, where, where they'll be our age or, my, you know, my age, you know, my kids will probably be in their 30, late thirties and forties. And, and will they have that spiritual resilience right. uh, to, to live and thrive in that culture? And, uh, you know, at the beginning there talks about the heart and spine. Uh, will, are we doing the things today to prepare them to have heart, uh, to, to, to have spine, excuse me, to have that spine, to stand, to stand firm for the gospel, to stand, stand firm for, the, you know, the truth of the, mm -hmm. his word and against the culture that's going to be against them, but then also love, right. like Christ loved, and, and love that culture that's just going to be in their face. And if we haven't seen it already, it's coming. Yeah, right. Yeah, and again, that struck me as a pastor because that means I have to be intentional as I lead the church. Am I right. intentionally leading the church in such a way that we're not, man, I, I just, that, that part that said, Hey, have, have we given the kids 
a great time, basically, right, right. or have we given them something that will last them? And it's so easy to get caught up, and we want the kids to have fun mm. in Sunday school. But I know the value because my kids come home from Sunday school, from Awana. They talk about what they're learning. And, uh, man, we have yeah. such a small time with them. We've got to make it count. Yeah, and then chapter one dives into, talks about Hayden, right? And he's standing at the, the flagpole, right? Mm-hmm. I just love that image, and it speaks because mm-hmm. that is the picture of 2050, that resilient child that stands alone, mm-hmm. that is a resilient adult, a re- resilient church leader. Uh, mm-hmm. And and so that really, I know that really, you know, when I share that at churches and, and talk about that, I'm sure you too, Valerie, I'm, I'm like pulling out the tissue papers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, and and so, you know, we talked about that. And then our last one, we really dived into um, just screen discipleship, screen really. discipleship, yeah. really spent yep. some time there. But, you know, recognizing, and we talked about Mars, I mean, Mars, we're talking about Mars <laughs> and child <laughs> discipleship, right? Uh, <laughs> but right now today, they're, they're working on, you know, the, the equipment, the, the the space suit, all the things to prepare for going to Mars. You know, right now, I think there's a little helicopter that might be taken off on Mars uh, next okay. week. I'm Anyways, so they're, they're all trying to, they're trying to determine what that culture looks like. What is it, right. what is it going to be like to live in that culture? And so there's a lot of effort and energy and money right. and time spent in that. They're investing They're investing a ton, a ton yep. right? To understand what that Martian world looks like. And are we doing enough investment and to prepare the kids for that culture of 2050, that for is the Martian world, going to be a Martian world, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. So we kind of like the analogy, uh, Valerie. We kind of played with that a little bit. So yeah, that's, that's good. I wish I'd had it for the book. <laughs> <laughs> that was Scott's idea. <laughs> uh, just playing around, you know that that space side in me. Is there anything yeah. in those first that uh, first chapter there maybe that you wanted to jump in? Yeah, yeah I do. I I want to uh, propose two words for us to think about tonight. Both P words. They start with P. One is protection and the mm. other is preparation. Mm. Yeah. Our children need both. Yeah. Uh, you know, our, our mothers, if, if we uh, had a lot of time tonight, we could sit here and remember the words that she said, you know, mm. look both ways before you cross the street, <laughs> you know, uh, don't talk to strangers. I mean, we, there's a litany of those and we all know them. And she was right. It's a dangerous world. She was trying to protect us. Um, but the thing about protection is that it doesn't develop strong, resilient, courageous, mm-hmm. brave pre- children. It just doesn't. Mm-hmm. And so that has to be uh, measured against this whole idea of preparing. You guys use that word a couple of times. Are we preparing them for what's ahead? Or are we happy just to get through Sunday? Mm, are we mm. just through another <laughs> Sunday? And so, you know, protection says, uh, get in the back seat of the car, fasten your seatbelt. I'm going to drive you around for the rest of your life because right. <laughs> I'm the adult. Preparation says, get in the car behind the wheel, fasten your seatbelt, and I'm going to teach you how to drive because mm. you're going to need to learn how to do this. Um, another idea is that protection says, you know, only swim in the shallow end, only mm. go up knees, right? That's protection. Preparation says, get in the water with me. I'm going to teach you how to swim because water's everywhere and you're going to need to know this. So I think when we looked at 2050, we said, what are they going to need? We could see trends beginning. We could see trends that were going to probably continue on into 2050. And then don't you know, COVID. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And COVID what what I think COVID did was it took those trends and um, accelerated them. Mm-hmm. It, 
like shrunk the years of uh, decades to 2050 and made it all happen right here. Yep. Yeah, yeah. And I'll tell you, we weren't prepared. What a year. Mm -hmm. Probably you said, uh, Scott and PJ, something like this, never in a million years right, did I right. think such and such, right? Yeah, yep. we said that all over the all over the place because we never it was unbelievable mm -hmm. how a virus changed every aspect of our lives, you know, so we weren't prepared. And um, I'm going to just give you some facts on what's yeah. happened. Yeah. Family is more recent than what's in the book. But um, so, uh, of course, our mental health is very fragile right mm -hmm. now yep. as a, a, a globe. Anxiety disorders have tripled. Depressive mm. disorders have quadrupled. Those seriously considering suicide have doubled. And those, uh, the opioid uh, deaths by abuse of opioids is up 21%. Mm. Wow. I, I want you just to check something here. Um, when I say that, what is your natural inclination? If it's protection, right. <laughs> you're going to build a moat around your house, right? You're going to keep your kids quarantined for the rest of their lives. And uh, and that's a normal and natural oh, yeah. uh, response, right? It's not a resilient response, however. Right. A resilient response says, how can I prepare my kids for a world where things happen that you wouldn't have believed could happen in a million years? Mm. How do I prepare them for the unknown? So here, you know, here's the great news. When, like, when I hear that, uh, I think it's time to raise up the greatest generation of disciples. Right. It's time to give them everything they need for each other, uh, for themselves, in the for the years ahead. Um, the the really good news, I know that those kinds of stats are very depressing. But I, I want you to hear the really good news, and that is that resilience can be learned. It's not something you're just born with or you're not born with. You know, you, right. you can yeah. learn. Mm -hmm. Great. <laughs> yeah. And, Some and, good news. We just talked about, we'll yeah. talk about that later. Yeah. 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 And, and here's the thing. Resilience is a spiritual quality. It's the muscle that yeah. discipleship builds. Mm -hmm. It's the result of discipleship. And so, you know, the, the definition of resilience is a quality that describes the spiritual elasticity of a child or adult that allows them to bend and flex, but not break under right. the weight of culture. So here's, get this picture. There's not a moat around this resilient person. There's not a fence. They are involved in the culture. They are leading the church and they get banged up sometimes. They oh, get yeah. beat up mm -hmm. sometimes, but they are not thrown off by it. They can bend and flex regardless of whatever the culture is uh, pushing on them. Yeah. I love that picture. Mm -hmm. I love that picture. And so, you know, at Awana, we're trying to teach kids. You, you mentioned spine and heart. How do you talk to people whose viewpoint, whose worldview is so different of yours and, and be able to address their worldview and still be heard? Mm. How do you do that? That's a skill. Yeah, uh, right. 
that's something that can be learned. And and I think it I don't have to try to convince anybody if you were on social media that um <laughs> we Christians probably have a ways to go to learn that, right? I'm trying to learn that truthfully. I'm trying to learn that. So I had this example of um it was after the uh one of the big games and the halftime show that was very sensual and way over in my opinion where it needed to be but it lit up social media the testosterone was going crazy on social media you know <laughs> and i kept thinking i wish i knew what to say about mm. this mm. and there was one woman who said this and she used spine and heart she probably doesn't know what spine and heart is. She's just intuitively smart. She said, those women are so gifted. They're so talented. I have their records. I love to watch them dance. She said, but uh, in the shadow of this Superdome athletic place, there are children being trafficked. There, there is uh, prostitution. She had all the facts. And then she said, and we need to be responsible for what we put out there in yep. the world. Mm -hmm. Yes. Nobody argued with her. Who could? <laughs> her on. She was so correct in the way she related to the culture and challenged it. Mm. That's what I want to learn to do. And that's what I think if we would all learn to do that, we would have a hearing. We would have people who aren't turned off by us because we start with great criticism of them and great, um, you know, we're better than them kind of attitudes. Mm. So, um, yeah, so that's part of this preparation is preparing them to be able to have a place and culture. If here's what I fear, if we don't learn how to do this, mm. culture is going to be so down, far down the tubes. It will be a very difficult place to live. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah so th those are some of the things. Trapper, Trapper has a good comment here. He says, preparing kids for the future takes a leap of faith for me. And he says, it's hard letting my kids venture out on their own. And as a parent, oh, I don't yeah. know that I would have ever understood that. Like I said, my kids are young, but I just have to consistently remind myself, God loves my kids so much more than I can ever right. love my kids. Yeah. And, and so, man, it, just what Valerie said, if we are not doing that, how are they ever going to live the Great Commission? If we just, yeah, the, the natural thing as a parent yeah. is let's build a motor on my house right. and we're not going to let yeah. anybody in. But now they're not going and, and making disciples themselves. When my kid comes home and we sit at the dinner table and they, they ask my daughter actually, so what, what is the, what's the, what's the, the rainbow flag have to, like, what does that talk? So right. like have those tough conversations where unfortunately, and they, they get their knees scraped, right. You know, because they, they have to grow up, they have to grow up quicker because yeah. they have to know how to interact yep. with that world, but to come at it with a biblical perspective, right. And so they can stand up in their own world as as fifth and sixth graders. And it's it's hard enough to do that to do that as parents, but then the importance of doing that as a church, as Sunday school teachers, children's church teachers, Awana leaders, whatever right. it is. And uh, something we've talked a lot about on here, Valerie, is in that now we, what do we do when we're saying verses? Right, the kids are saying verses, and one of those questions come up. Well, you know, I, we're encouraging, and, and our leaders are are learning that. What's more important at that point, right. listening to a verse or, or having some life-on-life -life interaction with those kids? And, and there's a balance there. There is, yeah. absolutely. But, but man, we've got to 
take those opportunities we have. And there again, that's why also outside of church is just continue to spend opportunity, yeah. spend time with them. So there, yeah, you, you really brought something up there, PJ, because at Awana, we've been examining our own ministry for the past five years. And we asked ourselves the hard question, are we creating disciples? Are we raising generation of disciples or are we raising up Bible memory champions? Mm-hmm. There's a difference and both are good. Yes. Yep. But, um, but um, I remember this so vividly. Wes Stafford is on our board and he was the president of Compassion for several decades and has a tremendous heart for children. I mean, he is a major advocate for kids. And he said to me, is it more important in that handbook sometimes that they write, that they completed their verses or that the person who is there for them writes, we are so glad you're here and God loves you. Mm. What's more important? And Scott, the first time I said that at Iwana, it got edited out. Oh <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was pretty radical for us at Iwana a few years ago. It's not anymore. And we truly believe exactly what you said, that that relationship with that child, that loving, caring adult, uh, is the first foot into yeah. um, discipleship many times. You know, another, I, I, I think um, I'd like to, to give uh, your listeners these little handles on, re, on resilience. Um, besides what we just talked about, um, the spine and heart, uh, there is this other thing that we can teach our children, and that is a resilient person, when they fall, when they stumble, uh, they, they get back up. They're, they're not overly concerned that they've done that. Uh, they keep going. And I love this idea of teaching our children to say in circumstances that are uncomfortable or painful or disappointing, the first thing I want them to say is God is for me. Mm-hmm. God is for me. Even if I messed up, even if I blew it, even if <laughs> you know I did something terrible, God is still for me. Mm. And uh, to me, that's a, a message that we can help children learn. Mm. We, can see, we can learn it ourselves. Yeah. Uh, to me, it's the message of scripture. There's a lot of stories in there, but the arcing, overarching theme is that not only does God love us, but he is for us. Mm. He wants to be on our side helping us. So um, I love that little handle as well to teach that to kids. Yeah, that's good. Well, and again, that's the key is we can memorize verses. I, I grew up in Awana, and um, I'm terrible at memorizing verses now. The, the verses that come back to me are Awana verses. Oh, yeah. You oh, know, yeah. I, I can be reading out of, uh, you know, an English standard version or a NASB and I get to certain verses and I start saying it in King James because that's, that's right. how, you know, back as a kid, that's how I learned them. Um, but there's, there's, there can also be that disconnect of, I learned these verses and I had fun, but what now? Right. And, and we've seen time, time and again, when I, you know, talk to adults my age or even younger that are no longer in the church that were, man, I was in Iwana when I was a kid. Yeah. Right. happens to me all the time, right? You've heard the story. Yeah. So so I'm a first responder. I get into a lot of houses around my community. And when they find out who I am, 
I will I will fairly often hear, oh, I went to Awana when I was a kid and, and they had a great time. But you, you look at their lifestyle, you look at even maybe the reason you're there, you know God is not even a thought in their life. Mm. And it breaks my heart as a pastor. I say, okay, where did we miss it? Mm. You know, where did we miss it? Now, those those are before I was here and, and we're working hard to change that yeah. now, but it's a long road of changing and that. Yet, and yet God still says in his word, right? It will never return void. So well, yeah, at some time right. in their life. We know, know that, yeah. absolutely. But, yeah. Uh, but I think this is why this struck, again with me is let's go beyond the memorization we need that but now what do we do with these verses we've memorized yeah so i was uh, i'll tell you a story about that i was uh by myself in california and ended up at a table with another woman who was by herself and she was the vice president of development at michigan state university and i was really interested in what she was doing because i'm i'm having to get into donor life myself and um, then i told her about awana and she said oh that's so interesting i grew up lutheran uh, and i memorized a lot of scriptures as a kid now i don't believe any of that anymore but every once in a while a verse comes mm. to my mind and i didn't say this to her but i thought it and i thought and you're sitting with me at lunch and you're going to go visit a donor who's going to tell you how Christ changed his life yeah. after college. Mm -hmm. Then you're going to get on a plane and the person next to you is going to have a Bible. The hound is he of heaven <laughs> is after you and bringing those verses mm -hmm. that are yep. what scripture says, they dwell in us richly. They don't die. They continue to habitate there. So, yeah, and, and PG, I thought there was a certain spiritual aura about you. When, and then you said you were an Awana kid that explained it. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> I meet people who are, you know, my age, and uh, they did Awana. Um, I was on Ed Stetzer's podcast, you know, Ed from uh, Wheaton College, Billy Graham Center. And, um, he was trying to be very sympathetic to Awana during COVID. He said, it must be really tough. You have those 70-year-old women who run those clubs, you know, and now they have to stay home. And mm. I listened to this, and I raised my hand, and I said, Ed, that would be me. Oh, my. <laughs> <laughs> that would be me. And probably what I think about that and about you, PJ, is that as a seven-year-old, maybe that woman or you came to club. It, you know, then you started working in club as an older kid. Mm. You went to college, but then you had your own children and you brought them to club. And even when your children were gone, I'm empty nester now. That woman probably is empty nester he was referring to. They're still doing Awana. They're still right. doing that. Mm -hmm. Why? Why? It's because they can see it works. Oh, they can yeah. see the discipleship that's implanted in it actually does work in a person's life mm -hmm. so yeah. yeah so we are um not just evaluating everybody else in kidman world or in church world we're evaluating ourselves mm -hmm. and we're saying we're going to change the things we need to change in order to make resilient disciples mm -hmm. and you know it's it's so interesting we assess everything else in the world I mean, you can't buy anything without them wanting you to fill in, you know, how pleased were you with our product? <laughs> we assess whether kids are learning to read or not. And we should. All those things are good. But the most important thing, the discipleship of kids 
doesn't get assessed. Mm -hmm. We don't know if we are discipling. In fact, we did a study. Uh, and the, I think the uh, question was, uh, are you creating disciples? And mostly it was around the 40% Mark said, we think so. We think so, mm -hmm. but not sure at all. And so, um, you know, Scott, what we want to do is not only write a book about resilience, but we want to start a movement right. among yeah. churches where we can give them assessment tools. Most churches think they might be creating disciples, but there's no way for them to measure it. We want to give them assessment tools so that they can look at, at their programming, look at how they're approaching it, making sure that all the elements of uh, discipleship are there and then be able to go, huh, we need, we're doing great in this 70%, but we're missing the 30% over here. Mm -hmm. Isn't that cool? Uh, yeah, that's exciting. I, I think that's such a huge uh, tool for churches and uh, those churches that are able to come along and um, take that trip. I, I want to certify them as resilient churches. So when you go somewhere in a community and you want your children to be discipled, you look for that resilient church. Mm. Isn't that? Yeah. yeah that's, so that's, that's the, I'm talking about dreams now. Right. But that's the big dream. Well, Scott probably knows Valerie just hit a button for me. Right. Yeah. A couple, <laughs> so, of, them. <laughs> a couple of them. So here's here. And this is especially for those listening. Here's where, where I really, um, I guess a, a, a hot topic topic button for me, because as I read this book, Valerie, I was thrilled about this, this focus on, on the kids, but uh, you said it, you said a lot of churches don't even know if they're discipling their kids. What about the adults? Right. What yeah. about the adults? You don't even know for sure if you're doing that. And where does it start? Yeah. You know, we, right. and, and the idea of this is it's got to start somewhere. So if we can at least start it with the kids, right? Because they're important. But if it starts from the top down, which is, is the goal that we're working at, then what happens is when you're their leader and you have this heart for discipleship because you're being discipled and you're discipling another adult, what are you naturally going to do? With You're going to love those kids in oh, that yeah. way. Now that's going to pour out and you're going to want to take more time. And that whole them. life on life that we've been talking right. about. Right, exactly. and that's what we're right. finding is it's just becoming more of a natural thing in our church that because that's that's what's happening from the top down. But it, it's no that those stats that Valerie you gave there, it's no different with other church, you know, all the way through the church. Yeah, we, we've missed it. We haven't been intentional enough. Mm. So um, 20 years ago, when Sticky Faith was published and it said the primary discipleship responsibility is in the home, children grow in the soil of their parents' faith. Um, everybody said, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. But we had not prepared our parents to be able to disciple their right. kids. Yeah. Yep. And we have maybe kind of a similar situation in the church. I, I, I think that a lot of people end up, uh, adults end up getting discipled in the Kidmin programs <laughs> where they're volunteering yeah. they're really truthfully. In fact, yeah. there was a former CEO at Awana who, uh, he grew up very poor. His parents, his mother took them to church and they would, they were too ashamed to go in. They sat on the steps mm. and listened. Mm -hmm. And uh, when he became an adult, uh, he came to Christ and he would listen to Christian radio. He connected with me, actually, because I was on radio at the time. But um, the thing that turned everything for him towards discipleship was the pastor asked him if he would lead the Iwana Club. Mm. 
And this is David Gunn. He said to the pastor, what is this? And the pastor said, I think it's something about running around circles and in the cold. <laughs> <Wow. laughs> Which is kind of a good description in some ways, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was through his, his, mm. his own discipleship came that way. Mm. And so um, maybe we need to get these adults involved. Yeah, and, and, yeah. and, te- and teens too. Well, yes, yeah, the teens right. too. For us, yeah. it's a, I've got uh, a great uh, down. I got a great story from a, ch- a church in Grand Rapids, actually, a smaller church. I met with a pastor, a pastor Josh, I think. I, I, name's not ringing a bell, but anyway, sitting down with him. And what's your connection to Wana? Well, he he said, uh, you know, I I was I never went to the Wana club, or I was never really disciple as a child. Um, came to faith at a young age, but it really never had an impact in my life until I came to Awana as a teenager and was asked by the pastor uh, if if they would if he would listen to verses and and you know do sections with kids. And he said, "I'm a pastor today. <laughs> I'm a pastor today because that pastor asked me, and because of the discipleship that happened in my life through discipling a child. Hmm. It was incredible, right." But that's unfortunate because nobody discipled him. So, you see, that's my point, right? That's where we're missing it. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. Because no, so, so this problem that we were talking about here is that's why I get so excited about this because it's drawing attention really to a greater problem. Yeah, a bigger picture. Yeah. 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 Yeah, because it's a question that we're asking. And that movement that you're talking about, Valerie, you know, I know there's uh, coming up in, uh, oh, we got some background noise here. Uh, Sorry. Oh, you're fine. You're fine. You're fine. Uh, Child Discipleship Forum, I'd love for you to talk a little bit about that and and share what that's about. I know that's kind of a a starting point for a potential movement, and we want to, you know, we're excited about that within Awana. Love to talk about it. So um, if you have a copy of Resilient, you'll recognize that there are a lot of endorsements of it. Mm Mm-hmm. And there are endorsements from people you might think of as our competitors, like Orange. Mm, Uh, It's unlikely people, in a way, who have endorsed this across the kingdom. And the reason for that is that this is resonant. It's a resonant need. When people read it, they went, wow, that's, you know, that's putting the words on the, the issue that we're all struggling with. So the idea behind the Child Discipleship Forum this September is that we're going to bring everybody who's resonant with it up to 600 people because we have COVID limits. Uh, And we're not going to say, do this, do this, do this. What we are going to say is, let's talk about this. Let's get it all out in the open and come up with a strategy. Let's come up with a plan. So I'm going to digress just a minute on this whole strategy thing. This is one of my hot buttons. I don't understand why we don't have a strategy. Why don't we? So uh, right after I had come to Awana, I was visited by Africans uh, who work with Awana in Africa. And they said, do you know what's happening in Africa? And I said, pretty sure I don't (laughs) because I was such a newbie. And they said this. They said the Middle Eastern oil money is being dumped into the Christian uh, uh, parts of Africa and they're building mosques with free schools. Everybody can have an education if they go to the mosque Mm. and the Christian families. I mean, if you're a poor Christian family, how do you say no to that? And uh, I remember just feeling so sick over that, that why don't we have a strategy? Right. Mm-hmm. Why don't we come together and tackle this for right. peace? And, uh, and then uh, they came back this year 
and it was so funny. They said, you know, have we told you what's happening in Africa? <laughs> and I said, I know you're going to tell me. And they said, well, those mosques are getting all the kids. They're yeah. getting all the kids. Wow. They, but they said, but there is another thing that's happening. There are these, they've started these after school programs. Hmm. And I said, oh, rats. And he said, yeah, those after school programs are called Awana. Mm. Oh, nice. Yeah. <laughs> so now we've got all of the children from all the faiths coming to Awana. Um, so the idea behind the child discipleship forum is to come up with a strategy. Mm. A resilient wasn't written for Awana. It, right. it it was written for a much broader right. audience. And any child ministry, kid yep. men, any curriculum can use the the principles behind a resilient discipleship in their own programming. That to me is uh, such a wonderful dream to think that if we all work together globally yeah. think yeah. that oh wow yeah we have the potential uh, that phrase uh, the greatest generation of disciples came to me while i was praying and complaining to god about covid and i was saying to him what are you going to do about this and we have suffered enough when are you going to show up i'm so worried about awana i'm so worried about the church and the only thing that God would say to me during that time was raise up the greatest generation of disciples. Amen. Yeah. You know, I, I think that's a great point. And that's what we have really kind of pushed on here. We talk a lot about Awana because, well, you're an Awana missionary. I, we have Awana in our church. The book was written. And we have a lot of people from Awana interacting. But we encourage, you know, I've, I've talked to pastor friends who don't even know what Awana is. And I said, you need to read the book. Right. You know, you need to start yeah. thinking about because it, it's the Great Commission is what it is. Um, I'd like to throw up a comment here and see if we can maybe react to this or a question. Really, Richard Lovegrove says, can we proactively disciple within the handbook time or are we reacting to the clubber's inquiries? I think that's a great question to start wrapping our minds around. Hmm. What does this look like? Um, and you guys can jump in, but I, I think that's both, really. I mean, as 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 you have to stir the conversation with the kids, for one thing, and let them know that it's okay to talk about these things. Right. Uh, so you're going to have these inquiries. You're going to have things. But should we not really just be, you know, I, I think you said it, Valerie, even you talked about just, being comfortable with knowing how to, to interact. Well, part of that is just asking questions and getting involved in their lives and proactively right. yeah. discipling that way. And it, again, it's not about the handbook, right? Right. It, uh, you know, I think we can get focused on, on that. It's that's a relationship. Now is the handbook a tool? Yes. The yes. handbook's a tool, right? Let's be honest about that. And, and, and that's and a built in that. time that you're with those kids. Yes, it is. Yep. And, but, but that discipleship, is relational yeah, and ensuring that, you know, I think life on life, life on life. And the three segments segments that I really think about when I think about the small group time, you know, you have that relationship piece, mm-hmm. uh, ask how the, how is your week going? Or what yeah. the, we prayed for your grandmother who's in the hospital. How is she? You know, and kids thrive on that community, that belonging. And we're going to yes. talk about that. We don't jump into it too much, but right. right they, they need that belonging in a day where they don't have it. Right. right. And the church is filling a gap in a lot of ways uh, within the communities because the, the, the parents are not, they don't have a relationship with their kids. Right. You know, and I'm talking more unchurched, right? Right. Because, well, we talked about yeah. that here. I mean, fifth, we didn't really get into it yet, but 50% of kids 
you know, yep. it's it's right here in chapter three. They're they're going to experience the uh, how their their family life break up. Well, that just deteriorates relationships, and yeah. many of those are not like you said. Their parents are not even in church. They don't even know how to answer those things, nor do they care. Yeah. So in that in that small group time, you have that relational piece. The you know, then you really talk. You get dive into the discipleship and the scripture mm-hmm. memory, and all three of those are very important. You can't, yeah. you know. It, you, you got to have all three. Uh, you know, it's easy to just, you know, uh, in years past, he's like, hey, I know your, I may know your name, but, you know, share your verse. Well, there's not the discipleship, right. the life on life that we're talking about. And what I've found is when you get serious about it, you start praying about it, right? So if, if it's if it's Awana and it's Wednesday night or whenever you do Awana and you're praying as you're driving to Awana, Lord, help me, oh, to, yeah. help me to be involved and invested more than just listening to a verse. God is going to guide that. God is going to guide you, whether it's, you know, the Holy Spirit is either going to lead you to a, a proactive or he's He's going to bring those questions up through the kids. Yeah. And it's, uh, again, church is filling the gap, but at the same time, our parents, uh, and, you know, you're talking about discipleship, right? Our parents need to really step in. Yes, right? absolutely. Uh, there, there's a huge need today, and they've got to be a part, a part of this conversation uh, because they got to recognize their place in discipling their kids for that 2050. It's so, so important. So you can't disciple if you don't know. Right. You can't disciple if you don't care. Mm-hmm. You can't disciple that way. The relationship is like one of the legs on a three-legged stool of discipleship. It's so very, very important. I sometimes wonder about the Barna stat that we're losing 50%-ish of our kids. Mm. One of the reasons they are not sticking with us is that we didn't really know them. So after they were off our rolls and after they had gone on with their lives, nobody's nobody was still wondering how they were doing or keeping track of them. We just let them wander away without anybody chasing them. So that um, that relationship part, uh, in fact, the UN and Harvard have done studies that indicate that the most important factor for a child that mitigates anything that can happen to a child in the world, you know, uh, being a, a refugee or experiencing um homelessness of parents that who have died that child can get through if there is the presence of a loving caring Mm. adult we don't know what these kids are going through when they come to us i remember uh, taking rowan my oldest to uh, a one in the middle of the year he started and there was a little girl there a little bossy pushy girl who had every uh, award known to mankind on her vest and could have run a third world country, but was running Rowan. And I could see by the way he responded to her, he kind of had a crush on her. <laughs> he did everything she said. And then in those, in the group time, uh, she raised her hand. She said, I want you to pray for my daddy. He doesn't know Jesus. Oh. I thought what a world of hurt was compound was contained in those worlds he doesn't know jesus mm-hmm. then you know what the next week we had grand prix guess who wasn't there because there was no daddy mm. wow mm-hmm. her home to help her with the, with that that's what i mean we need to know these children right. yeah so listen when they're telling you it during uh handbook time listen to yeah. what they're saying they're trying to tell you who they are mm. I think that leads right into a great lesson that Scott and I were talking about before this. On Sunday, I was we're preaching through Acts, and I was in Acts 16, where Paul meets Timothy. And as I studied, I, I love Timothy. I love the Paul-Timothy relationship. Um, 
But I learned some things this last week about that that I didn't really fully understand. And I didn't, I just had not stopped to take the time to see how much of really a messed up uh, life Timothy came from. Uh, his mother and grandmother were Jews, and his mom married a, a Greek, which was not okay by the law, but she did it anyway. So her choices poured down to Timothy because Timothy, she, he would worship, he would go and worship with mom and grandma, uh, but he was not circumcised, so he didn't really fit in with the Jews. He couldn't really worship with the Jews, but he wasn't an atheist. He wasn't a, a, a he wasn't a Greek. He didn't, you know, he, he wasn't any of those things. So he was literally stuck in the middle, which that impacted him. Paul often writes to him about his tears. He writes to him to be strong. It broke him, really, in a lot of ways. So wow. here's here's this young man, and then scholars would say he lost his dad. By the time um, Luke writes Acts 16, Timothy's dad wasn't even alive anymore. Okay, mm. So then how does he go on to be this pastor? Yeah. It's because yeah. of a guy like Paul who steps in and knew him well and steps in and comes alongside and built Grand Prix cars, <laughs> yeah, right? Did right. those things, <laughs> yeah. and that's what I yeah. challenge our people. I said, we can be the father that these kids need. We can be the mothers and the fathers, uh, and it may be that dad is in the picture, but they don't care. I remember when in the days of, of being a youth pastor, how many times my wife would be out late at night with the girls taking them shopping to buy them school supplies because mom didn't or whatever it might be. The, you have to invest mm. in these kids in a personal way. And that's challenging for the leader to do. Uh, oh, yeah, in, it's not in a, easy. In a world where it's like, uh, you know, like my phone and there's <laughs> so many distractions. And I'm not saying it's discipleship takes work. We've mm -hmm. talked about that. Yep. And it takes investment, takes time. And, yeah. Well, Jamie says here, he hit it right on the head. I put it up here a minute ago. But ministering to parents and their children, you'll discover that the, the ministry mm -hmm. of one is not 15 to 20 minutes in a night, in a club right. night. Right. It's way more than that. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, and I think that's where it's hard for us. Yeah, definitely. Wow. Well, you know, we've been in uh, all over chapter one, chapter two. You know, I don't, we didn't get to really dive, dive into a ton. I mean, it's awesome. Yeah. This has been a great I, I conversation. Think probably what we'll do is try to really dive in because I don't want to just oh, yeah, scoot we, no, through. Yeah. We're not in a hurry. Yeah. And uh, this is a, this was a great opportunity to have Valerie and, and I this was thrilled. I mean, the conversation was, was great and I trust you guys enjoyed it as well. And I uh, really want to thank Valerie for giving of her time. Certainly. Um, and, and being here and sharing. What a what a fun time. Yeah. We're not done yet. You still got something you promised them, Scott. Well, I know we got a book giveaway, right? But first off, Valley, you know, do you have any closing thoughts or things you would like to share with us or with people that are listening? I want to give you a moment on that. Um, Parting words. Yeah, I'm trying to think what would be some good parting words. <laughs> I, I want to say this. I am extremely optimistic about the future of the mm. church. Amen. Amen. That's great. Uh, and even if we have to go through some self-examination, that's a little painful. You know, God uh, has uh, said that the gates of hell will not prevail against the church. You know, it's already that battle has been won. Mm. And I'm excited. I, I won't be here in 2050. But I'm excited to think of what we might raise up that would be so Amen. beautiful and so winsome and so able to win uh, in a culture that will be shocked by that, I think. Oh, yeah. 
<laughs> so uh, yeah, I I'm very excited. Um, I I hope to see a lot of people at the uh, child discipleship forum. Mm -hmm. Come and bring your best ideas. Come and bring your heart. Come and bring your prayers and join so many from all different parts of Christianity who are going to be there for this most crucial, most right. critical conversation. That's right. Yep. It's yeah. at the top, folks. It, we have to have this. Certainly. Well, thank yeah. you. Thank you so much. And we look forward to the uh, Child Discipleship Forum. We're gonna, we'll, we'll be posting about that and more yeah. information to come about that. Yeah, so time. I think this is another opportunity here to just kind of plug our our Facebook page and there's, they're all over the place. I mean, Valerie brought up there's, they have, Awana has a great podcast that they do. This is such a, a conversation that, that keeps going and it has to keep going. Oh, certainly. And, uh, and so we just want to kind of be a small part of that. We, right. we want to be a landing, landing place that the question that was, that was proposed tonight about, Hey, what does this discipleship maybe even look like? Those are the kind of things we want our page to be throughout the month is, yeah, right. hmm, I, I, I'm running, I'm, I'm trying this thing and I'm running up against this, this problem. Let's drop it here. And, and Scott and I have said countless times, we are not the experts. Right. Right. We're not experts. We're just here trying to help you through this thing. So it, it very likely might be that somebody else that's on here can jump in and say, Hey, um, here's how I've worked through this situation or here how, here's how I've done this because this truly is a conversation. Mm -hmm. It's hard. You need encouragement. Um, I have really found the value in Facebook pages through, through COVID because you don't have that interaction with other people. And I've really seen that start to take off with these different niches. Like I'm on a podcast one, I'm in a YouTube one, I'm in a, in a disciple making one. And, and people just post their questions and several people can jump in, and there's so much you can learn from oh, other yeah. people and what they're doing. Well, we're stronger when we're together. Absolutely. Right? Ironing, sharper, and iron. We talk a lot about that, so that's <laughs> great. Well, so I have a book to give away. I have a book here. So I want to invite you. Uh, Trapper is going to go ahead and put up my email address. The first person to email me their address and tell us a little bit about this uh, this time that you've been with us. I'm going to send you a book and uh, free of charge, and as long as you, as long as you read it. Yeah. I mean, they kind of trap, trap. How do they not want to read it know, after, after the conversation this, I know. today? It, so no it, selling it at garage sales. <laughs> oh, wow. If they're going to tell me, I'll go rescue it. <laughs> and next time we'll be in chapter three, diving into start getting to belong, believe, become. And there's yeah. a lot of great content there. So Trapper will also put up the uh, place that you can find resilience. It's in there. He's got oh, it in there. In there? Yep. Okay, great. Awesome. Yep. So. Yeah, we look forward to this. I'll look for an email, and then I will let you know if you're the winner. And, uh, yeah, thank you so much. This has been incredible. Thank you, Valerie. Uh, yeah. Guys, this is this was really great fun for me tonight. I love that you're doing this. <laughs> we're having a blast. Yeah, we're having a ton of fun. <laughs> yep. so, well, thanks again. Thanks, everybody. I think we're out of here. All right. Have a good night. Thank until, you. Until Bye. next time. Bye, See guys. Ya. Fifty-five minutes. Having Trapper in there, this, uh, oh, they were just huge. He was in there. Oh, I think we need right? to, if as much he, as he yep. can do that, I'd let him be in there. Because he's got. I mean, he even pulled, popped some questions, and if it wasn't for Valerie, I would have highlighted those. Like right here, he says, um, "Have any of you had had hard questions brought up in your club?" And Valerie was in the middle of something else, so I didn't want her to like jump yeah, on that. I know. But, 
But that's the you stuff because I would I could I didn't I okay. couldn't but I didn't want that yeah that one that was one that would have taken away from what she was talking so, um, but that's the stuff and, and I was gonna tell Trapper thank you and I forgot. Oh yeah, again. Yeah, you might want to text him or tell him and just say hey thanks for the bunch. <laughs>